like to look at a scripture this morning in the book of Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. <clears throat> and uh, we'll title our lesson this morning, Understandest Thou What Thou Readest? And this is where uh, Philip was sent to the eunuch. And uh, the eunuch was there in the chariot and everything, and Philip was sent directly to him. And, and uh, he was reading the book of Isaiah, and that was the question that was Philip asked him, Understandest thou what thou readest? So that'll be a, our uh, title this morning. Let's start in verse 26, Acts 8, 26. And an angel of the Lord spoke unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran there unto him, and heard him read the prophet of Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he besought Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who, was de and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet? Uh, uh, who speak the prophet this, of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And, they, and as they went on their way, they came into a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded that the chariot to stand still, and they both went down the water, uh, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, uh, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way uh, rejoicing. So uh, there's a lot here, and actually I was going to go just straight to Isaiah 53. But there's a lot of things here I think that we should look at before we go, and we will go to Isaiah chapter 53, or as Brother Olson used to call it, the Gospel of Isaiah, and we knew where he meant when he said that. So let's look at a couple of things here and, uh, and see. So verse 26 says, uh, And an angel of the Lord spoken to Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south, and to the way that goeth down from Jerusalem, and to Gaza, which is desert. So, the Lord called Philip 
and sent Philip. Philip was a disciple. He was also an apostle. And the Lord called him and, and of course, uh, sent him in, in, in different places. Uh, and certainly he was sent to, to the eunuch by this angel or this messenger. Now, the Lord called his apostles, and he did give them special powers. Now, this is a time before the comforter was given on the day of Pentecost, because the Lord is still here. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was given and the powers that went with that. So this was before that time. But nevertheless, Jesus uh, chose them, gave, did give them special powers. Uh, and he gave me special powers that he might send them to preach, is what the scripture says. So uh, again, this is when the Lord was here. Later, he would say, I won't leave you comfortless. I'll send you another comforter. But this is why the Lord is still here. So again, he gave him this special powers and sent him to different places. And of course, this one, uh, Philip was directed to this uh, Ethiopian here. Uh, and let me, uh, let's go to uh, Gospel John. Hold your place here. Gospel John uh, chapter 1 for a moment. John 1, and uh, so this was when the Lord began to call his apostles out uh, to, uh, uh, to make up his, his first church. And we won't go to the beginning, but let's go to uh, verse uh, 43. The day following, this is after he had already called a couple and he went out. said, the day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee. And findeth Philip, and saith unto him, Follow me. So uh, Jesus uh, called Philip. Again, uh, he was made a, a member of that first church, and it gave him these, these special powers. But, but anyway, then verse... Uh, so, like if we go earlier when he... Uh, 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 spoke to the other ones. They spent the night with him. So here, Philip spent time with Jesus. It's not recorded how much time. I know there was conversation there. I know, uh, the, you know, we had the conversation. The two is on the road to Emmaus where the Lord spoke to him. No doubt when he called Philip and said, follow me, there was some conversation there. The Lord taught Philip some things. Because if we go in verse 44, well, let me first ask, what do you think he taught him? What, what, what did Jesus Christ teach Philip on whatever time they had together? Well, I think whatever we see Philip teaching, that's what the Lord had taught him. Because before this, just under strictly under the Mosaic law, uh, as, they, as they worshiped and so forth. Uh, so verse 44, now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael, and saith unto him, We have found him, of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So I'm confident that certainly that Philip didn't know this until the Lord uh, uh, called him and spoke to him and, and said, I am Jesus of Nazareth. And, and no doubt he taught him out of the prophets, now the law. 
And that's where he taught him from, because that's what it says. We found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did right, Jesus of Nazareth. Now, before that, Philip wouldn't have known that. He wouldn't have known what the prophets was talking about, what the law of Moses was really teaching. He wouldn't have known that that uh, Sabbath under the law wasn't talking about a particular day. It was talking about rest, which was Jesus Christ. He wouldn't have, he wouldn't have known that before. He wouldn't have known that you're not to wear under the law, not to wear mixed garments, but he would have thought that would have been literal. The Lord would have taught him, listen, I'm your covering. You don't mix it. You don't blend it. So no doubt uh, the Lord taught Philip out of the law and the prophets. And that's exactly what Nathaniel did here. Or that's exactly what Philip did to Nathaniel whenever he, whenever he found him. No doubt uh, this is exactly what he taught this Ethiopian. So back in Acts again in chapter 27. Or... Verse 27, chapter 8, sorry. It says, uh, And he arose and went, and, beho and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority uh, under Candace, queen of Ethiopian, Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem to worship. So the eunuch, along with her, I suppose, had come to Jerusalem to worship. How do you think they worshipped? What kind of worship was it? Well, it would have been under the law of Moses. They would have offered the sacrifices and incense, whatever it was for this particular time. But they had been there to worship in the synagogues uh, as the Jews and legalists would worship at that, at that time. That's how they would have worshipped. Because they didn't know any different yet. That's how they would have worshipped. Uh, the different sacrifices and things offered under the Mosaic law. So then verse 28 uh, says, was returning and sitting in his chariot, returning from this worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran ran there to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And, and there's always a lot more than this that I bring out, of course, but Philip ran to him. That, I think that tells us something, too. I'm not sure what, but no doubt that tells us something because it's in there. But Philip ran to him and heard him reading this, and he said, Understandest thou what thou readest? Then in uh, verse 31, the eunuch said, And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he besought Philip that he would come up and sit with him. So he asked him, he said, Do you understand what you read? Basically, no. How can I? I don't, don't understand what this is saying. And if we get into uh, uh, the 53rd chapter of Isaiah, you know, it talks about sheep before shears and so forth like that. Uh, the uh, Ethiopian could have thought, well, is this teaching me how to shear sheep? Or what, what's this, what's this teach? How can I accept some man teach me? No, I don't understand. But he said something else there. He said, 
So he didn't understand Isaiah, where he's reading. How can I? He didn't understand that. And he also said, how can I accept some man should guide me? Well, there's something else he didn't understand. That some man should guide me. Philip, as I said, was given special powers of the Lord at this time. The comfort was not given yet. But the Lord had sent Philip to preach or teach this Ethiopian. But was it Philip? Was it Philip the man? The Ethiopian says, no, I don't understand. How can I accept some man teach me? And again, he didn't understand that either. Philip the man didn't teach him anything. Let's read in, uh, and hold your place here, the first John chapter 2. First John. Chapter 2. And verse 27. And this uh, uh, caused me some questions for a few years. But it says in First uh, John 2, 27, But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teach you uh, of all things, and is truth, and it is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, or yeah, hath taught you, you shall abide in him. So he says here, you don't need a man to teach you. Now the eunuch thought, yeah, I don't understand. How can I accept some man teach me? But here it says, you don't need a man to teach you. And again, an easy way, I think, to understand that. And again, it was a, because I thought, surely, I needed, I needed taught. I'll put it this way. I needed taught, and I was correct. But Brother Olson and Brother Don was used by the Holy Spirit to teach. It wasn't them. And they would both, and they did, uh, would certainly give honor and glory to the Lord. It wasn't them. It was the Lord through the Holy Spirit working through them. So it wasn't, when they were teaching us, it wasn't man that was teaching us. Uh, because that's what it says here. But the anointing that you received abideth in you. And you need not let any man teach you. Again, yeah, I needed Brother Olson, Brother Don to teach me, but it wasn't them. That's what I'm saying. It was, it was this anointing. Now, this what we're reading now is a different time period than when uh, uh, Philip went to the eunuch. I said when Philip went to the eunuch, uh, the Lord had called his disciples and apostles, given them his special power. But now this is saying there's anointing which you've received, and you don't need any man to teach you. Slightly different time period. I'm not sure of the year's difference, but there's several years difference between when Philip went to that eunuch, and what we're reading here in, in John. So what's this mean? So John's saying here, you don't need a man to teach you, but this anointing will. What's that anointing? Well, let's go to John, Gospel of John, chapter 14, 15, and 16, and you know what I'm uh, going to be looking at there. It's the comforter. 
Now, the comforter uh, came on the day of Pentecost. And we'll read a little of what that comforter does. And that's the anointing that he's talking about back there in 1 John. You have an anointing. You don't need any man teach you. If you are taught by what we say a man, it's not them. It is this uh, anointing. It is this Holy Spirit. It is the Spirit of truth. It is this comforter. So John 14 and 26. And we won't read much here. Uh, but the comforter, who is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I've said unto you. So see, that goes along. It says, you don't need man to teach you. Again, if a man standing in front of you teaching, it's not him. It is the Holy Spirit. 15 and 26. But when the comforters come, whom I will send to you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth who proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. Now we know... Philip was going to testify of Jesus Christ. That's what he testified to Nathaniel about Jesus Christ, wasn't it? So he's going to do the same thing to this Ethiopian. But the comforter wasn't given yet. It was given on the day of Pentecost. So this was when Philip was sent out. The Lord was still alive. And uh, again, Philip was given, the apostles was given special powers as comforter not yet given. Uh, and then in chapter 16, verse 13. So, again, we're pointing to the fact, don't need any man to teach you. In fact, we don't want man's teaching. If the Lord may use his spirit through a man, but we don't want man's teaching. I hope you know what I mean. 16 and 13. Nevertheless, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. That's what we want to tell uh, uh, those today. Again, it hasn't been given whenever Philip went to the union. Nevertheless, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. So this, this uh, comforter, the spirit of truth, is going to glorify Jesus Christ and not man. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore uh, said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. Again, the Lord was using Philip to go talk to this eunuch. But again, this comforter hasn't come yet. Now the Lord told his disciples uh, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. Whenever I leave, I'm going to send the comforter back to you. Uh, and uh, and that's, that's what we saw there in John 13, 14, and, and 15. So now back in Acts again, 8, and uh, verse 31 we read, well, 30 said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And 31, and he said, how can I accept some man should guide me? Well, we see the comforters what guides us now. Back then, it was the Lord sending uh, Peter uh, with these special powers. Uh, and in verse uh, 32, and the place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, 
And like a lamb dumb before his shears, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of him, prophet this of himself or some other man? So he was uh, preaching here from the, uh, or he was reading from the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. And again, Philip said, do you understand this thou what thou readest? Well, how can I? Is this talking about shearing sheep and, and, and slaughtering sheep and stuff like that? Is that what it's? Is that what it's talking about? Uh, I remember, well, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead to Isaiah, and then we'll uh, uh, get back to my point I was going to make, possibly. Isaiah chapter 53 is where he was reading. So as we look at this, Isaiah chapter 53, we want to ask ourselves, as well as others that we might direct there, Understandest thou what thou readest? Understandest thou what this is, is, is saying? And of course, we do. We understand that. But as we look at it, maybe some uh, do not uh, as much anyway. So Isaiah 53 and 1 starts out. Isaiah says, Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? So we can ask the same question. We talk about Jesus Christ, and it hasn't been revealed to some. Yeah, everybody say, yeah, I know Jesus Christ, and so forth and so on. But Jesus Christ, one was sent to take away the sin of his people. They don't know him. They think it's up to us or something of that nature. So many do not anyway. So uh, we might say the same here. Understandest thou what thou readest? This uh, arm of the Lord, this Jesus Christ, we understand really what Jesus Christ did fully. And uh, I believe David mentioned uh, our perfect righteousness in him. Does, does, uh, to whom has that been revealed? Not to everybody, you know that. And verse 2. For he shall grow up before him like a tender plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. So, understandest thou what thou readest? What's, what's he talking about? And, and again, the eunuch could have thought, well, what, what's this? I can understand this. Now's it talking about... Uh, get, trying to get seeds germinate in, in dry ground? What, what's it talking about? So, uh, what it's talking about here is the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Most people understand they're saying this, but what's the purpose of it? Why? Why was he born of a virgin? Now, we can read in some places, it says that, uh, uh, it might say a virgin, it might say a young maiden. And, and 
under the uh, uh, Hebrew or, or Greek even, it can be either way. It can mean a young maiden. It can mean a virgin. But here, you say, well, is it just a young maiden? Well, this tells us for sure that it's a virgin. He shall grow up before him like a tender plant and like a root out of dry ground. That tells us this is a virgin birth. But what's the importance of that? What's the importance? Understandest thou? Again, we could ask a eunuch. Do you understand what you're reading? When it, when it says that, a root out of dry ground, that's talking about a virgin birth, but do you really understand what that's saying? In, uh, you can hold your place there again, Isaiah, if you have a page marker. Romans chapter, uh, Romans chapter 5. Bill, or Chuck, I think you and I talked about this a couple weeks ago maybe, or Bill and I, you and I, I think it was you and I, pretty sure it was. But Romans 5 and, and verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Understandest thou what this is saying? Do you see the purpose that Jesus Christ had to be born of a virgin, not just young maiden, had to be born of a virgin? Because what this says because of Adam, we're all sinners. I'm not making excuses. It wasn't Adam, it been me. But anyway, but the sin was passed down. We're all sinners because of Adam. That's why Jesus Christ had to be born of a virgin. He had no earthly father, no earthly genealogy. Because if he did, he would have been born a sinner. He would not be an acceptable sacrifice for us. So that's why he had to be born uh, of a virgin. And... Uh, I like to read verse 19 when I read verse 12. It says, For as by one man disobedience, that's Adam, many were made sinners, all of his descendants. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. There's the righteousness, David, you remind us of. Perfect righteousness. How? Based upon what I do is it based upon what you do. Based upon Jesus Christ. Being born of a virgin without sin, therefore he could be our sacrifice that we would have this perfect righteousness. So, as we would, uh, uh, as, the, as Philip was talking to the uh, eunuch, no doubt, this is what he, one of the things that he, that he touched on. He shall grow up before him like a tender plant and like a root out of dry ground. Talking about his virgin birth. So, again, as we would, as Philip would, and as we would, to that eunuch, do you understand? Do you understand what you're reading here? It is not talking about how to grow seeds. It is talking about a virgin birth, but do you understand why it's important? He was the only one without sin. And if he, if he was a sinner, he couldn't have paid for our sins. He would not have been an acceptable sacrifice. So, Philip, no doubt, when he uh, went to verse 2, which there wasn't in chapters of verses, but no doubt he said, you understand now? You understand what thou readest now? You understand the purpose 
of Jesus Christ and being born of a virgin. Do you understand the importance of that? And we want to understand that importance and not forget it. And also, that's what we want to direct others to as well. Uh, now we'll move on in, in Isaiah 53 to verse 3. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Uh, not too many months ago, we talked about Jesus and, and actually, I think, I may have brought it to the Bible conference. I'm not sure. But anyway, and I probably didn't title it well. I think I said the, the weak part of Jesus. And I guess it may get your attention when I say something like that. You say, well, he didn't have any weaknesses. And what a, probably a better way of saying it is the, the human side. If we say, I guess if we explain it, we can say the weak side. But what I wanted to see was his humanity, his weak side. Because, David, I had trouble for years really understanding, well, God put Jesus on the cross, but, you know, that's why he came and he couldn't suffer. That's, that's God in the flesh. I mean, he couldn't really suffer. And, and we, but as we studied this, we read where he was depressed. When he prayed, his, his, his Father be thy will, let this cup pass from me. That cup was our sins, by the way. And, and the suffering is going to be so bad paying for all that. He said, be thy will, let this cup pass from me. And then he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine. But he really suffered. And when we talked about uh, how he was tempted, uh, he was up, what, 40 days, no, no food or anything. And Satan said, here, turn this uh, stone in, into bread. He was really hungry. He was really hungry. So I'm saying to see, if we don't see the, I'm going to call it the weak side of Jesus or the human side of Jesus, we don't really fully understand what he did for us. And the pain, he, he suffered on the cross. Those, those beatings and thorns, he suffered. I used to, David, I, I just couldn't. I said, no, that's, that's God, that's Jesus. No, he didn't. Yes. If we don't see that part of it, then we're missing. We're missing the love. Or some portion of that love anyway. Um, so that was, what was verse uh, th 3. Verse 4. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we have seen him stricken Smitten of God and afflicted. Philip may have said, do you, do you understand what you readeth here? Do you understand this? Surely he hath borne our griefs. He has carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. And then verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Ethiopian, do you understand what you're reading? He was wounded for our transgressions. And he was bruised for our transgressions. We'll read bruised again a little later down here. And, and I, I usually try to clarify this. This word bruised is a very powerful word. 
sometimes you maybe take a little stumble or hit your leg or something. You get hurt, ah, oh, just a little bruise. This is not, this was to smite and crush, a very strong word. The word bruise is put there. I probably would have chosen a different one. But anyway, it's a very strong word. Um, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Ethiopian, do you understand what thou readest? And I want to... Uh, Hebrew chapter 2 and 2 real quick. I'm just going to read one little verse there. You don't have to turn if you don't want to. It's uh, something that uh, Hebrew 2 and 2 says, If the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and we know it is, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, now, sometimes we think, oh, you get a reward. That's not the reward it was, it was talking about. This reward is what's deserving of it. So it says every transgression and every act of disobedience is going to receive a just recompense of reward. Everyone's going to be paid for. And let me just say it this way. Some will be paid for by some spending eternity in the lake of fire. Some is paid for by Jesus Christ. And, and the reason I read that, every one of them. So every one of God's elect throughout all the ages, every sin, every uh, act of disobedience is laid on him. Just try to imagine the amount of suffering that he was going to have to suffer to pay for that. So I want us to see that, that side of Jesus that yes, he suffered. If he didn't, didn't suffer anything, I think we lose something. But he did suffer. Look at what he paid for. Every uh, transgression and, and disobedience of everyone in God's elect throughout all the ages, that's what, no wonder his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood when he said, let this cup pass on me. So, verse 5 in our text he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Chastisement for our uh, peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Unique, do you understand what thou readest? Do you understand what thou readest? Look what he paid for. Uh, so then verse 6. Uh... All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. There again, the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. We kind of saw that in, in Hebrew there. But it says, all we like sheep have gone astray. Surely we don't think we're an exception to that. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And that's the key there. We have turned everyone to his own way. We know Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But there was a time, 
I didn't, I knew of Jesus, but I didn't really think he was the way. I thought the way depended on what I did or didn't do. So uh, everyone had gone their own way. And then he calls us uh, to him, of course. Verse uh, 7, he was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is done, so he opened not his mouth. Again, Ethiopian, do you understand as thou what thou readest? I remember I was probably seven, eight, nine years old, maybe ten. Um, there was a meat packing plant in Columbus. It's not there anymore. But uh, one day a week, they did what they call kosher killing. They would kill for the Jewish community. And it was uh, no pork, of course. It was uh, uh, cattle and sheep. And uh, actually, my dad had... Well, my brother had worked there, and I think he was working at that time. My dad actually had taught the owners how to side cattle. It's a long story there. But anyway, so I was there on this particular day whenever they were kosher killing. And uh, didn't know the importance of it at the time, how that would affect me in my life a little later and in our text this morning. But the cattle, they'd hang them upside down alive, and the rabbi had this big, long knife about probably 30 inches long maybe 36 and that the cow they would ball and kick and try to you know get away and then they would hold it by the head and the rabbi had to make one clean cut through his throat and it would bleed to death that way the little lambs they would take them hang them with one leg upside down roll up there they didn't have to hold anything they didn't make any noise or anything you could see their eyes rolling around and they cut their throat so as a lamb is deaf, uh, not making noise, not fighting it. Uh, so Jesus Christ is what, what this is saying. Neither did Jesus Christ uh, uh, as he was oppressed and he was afflicted, he, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and the sheep before the shears is done. So he opened not his mouth. Ethiopian, do you understand us what thou readest? Jesus Christ, Robin or uh, Rhonda, as you well know, didn't have to go to the cross. He could have called 10,000 angels. He didn't have to, but he did. And let me, another scripture. Why did he go to the cross? Slip my mind exactly where it is now. Uh, Hebrew uh, 2 or 12 or something. But anyway, it says. Why did he go to the cross? For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. So sometime in, in uh, eternity past, you were set before him. And, and I don't believe for a second he saw just a multitude of mass of people and said, yeah, I'll endure the cross for them. I think each one of you individually. And he says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He considered you joy. And that's why he went to the cross. And yes, he suffered. It was real pain, real suffering. Uh, but he didn't have to. Uh, 
Of course, he came for that purpose. We understand that. Uh, let's see. Verse 8. Not to hurry now. Verse 8. He was taken from prison and from judgment. Who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. So who's going to declare his generation? He was cut off. Well, you and I, it's talking about an inheritance. And because of what Jesus Christ did, we have an inheritance. So that's, that's what it's really referring to. Who shall declare his generation? Who's this stuff going to be passed on to? Didn't have any physical children. But yet, we as an inheritance. Actually, it says joint heirs with Christ, doesn't it? Uh, in verse... Uh, Nine, and he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. You know, he was crucified between the two uh, uh, criminals there. Uh, verse 10, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. There's that word bruise again, crush, smite. Please the Lord to do that. Ethiopian, do you understand what thou readest? Why would it please God, the Father, to bruise him, to crush him, to put him on the cross? It says, uh, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. So, why would it please the Lord to bruise him? Ethiopian, do you understand this? Do you understand what you're reading? Why would it please God to bruise him? I, uh, I have poor illustrations, but sometimes that's all I can come up with. But uh, I, uh, You go to buy something. And uh, I kind of like to keep my money. <laughs> But sometimes I'll buy something. And it pleases me to hand somebody my money. Why would it please me? Well, it might be a nice bowl of ice cream or something, or something more valuable than that. But what, it, but what it's referring to there, why did it please him? Because he saw what that was going to purchase. And that's why it pleased the Lord. Because he saw uh, what it was going to Purchase. So, Ethiopian, do you understand what thou readest? It pleased the Lord to bruise him. And Rhonda, that's one of the things that helped me to, to learn about the loving Heavenly Father. Before, all I saw was the God, and I didn't see him as my loving Heavenly Father. All I wanted to do was hide. But this, certainly we can see if he would send his son to pay for your sins and to crush Jesus Christ on the, on the cross, certainly you can see the love there of the Father and the Son, no doubt both of them. Uh, verse 11. He shall see the travail of his soul. 
and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Ethiopian, do you understand what thou readest? Ethiopian, you just come back from worshiping at Jerusalem. On the way here, and you're reading this, and in Jerusalem you worship by giving uh, uh, literal sacrifices of, of blood and so forth, and maybe the atonement money, where they'd give a half a shekel of atonement uh, money, silver and gold, as atonement for your souls. This is how they would have worshipped. But now he's saying, would say, Ethiopian, do you, do you understand? When God the Father put Jesus Christ on the cross, that was your atonement. Not gold and silver and precious stones. But Ethiopian, do you understand? He shall see the travail of his soul and he'll be satisfied. God the judge is satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Ethiopian, do you understand there's no other way? Don't... Don't run back to that law the way you just got through worshiping. And again, I don't know if they were offering lambs or turtle doves. I don't know what offering. I didn't actually research that. Maybe we could have figured out the, the holiday. But anyway, uh, and it could have been, you know, pay the half shekel of silver or gold. And that's how he just got through worshiping under the law of Moses. Not understanding. Didn't have a clue what those sacrifices typified. What the gold and silver Typified. That wasn't their atonement. So, I think it's kind of important for us to understand that he had just come back from worship that way. And now Philip is saying, Understandest thou what thou readest? Do you understand? It's not, it's, not that, it's not by the blood of bulls and goats. It's not by the half shackle of silver and gold for your atonement. It's by this Jesus Christ, the one that God the judge says, he saw the travail of his soul, and he was satisfied. So, uh, the Ethiopian, when Philip talked to him, understandest thou what thou readest? We understand where he had been, how he's worshiping, and what Philip taught him. And, and Philip certainly preached Jesus Christ from the uh, law and the prophets. I'm sure, no doubt he didn't. Philip didn't see it before either. The eunuch didn't see it before either. But the Lord sent uh, Philip to him. Again, special powers later, it was a comforter. But uh, I hope we can, whenever we read Isaiah or any scripture, I hope we look at it and really understand what that says. What it says and the bigger picture. So you're justified by his righteousness. And he's, and he's made you justified. and He's made you uh, into perfect righteousness. Because of what he did, we understand that rules out the other things that the world tries to teach us. May the Lord bless us speaking of his word. We're dismissed. Oh, Wednesday night Bible study.